Yeah. 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 Welcome to the Laptop Empires podcast featuring Mike Yanda and Bobby Hoyt. Sit back, relax, and learn how to make a crap load of money online. I will fire clients. Look, I'm just trying to stay married as hell. Listen, man, if they can't sell without paid traffic, they sure as hell can't sell with it. We always forget what we're talking about. Must be the one. I will earn that money back and destroy him. Dude, if your internet's going to be boo-boo this entire time, I'm going to be mad. Howdy. Welcome to the Laptop Empires podcast. I'm Mike. He's Bobby. And today we're going to talk to you about five things you need to do to make 2020 your best year yet. And we're not talking about starting another diet New Year's resolution, which I do need to do. But I'm probably going to do that too. Yeah. Yeah. Really, I really, maybe that should be one of our things, but no, we're here to talk about business stuff. But you know, that's a good point though. Like I was thinking about this the other day because I have not, I totally failed to get in shape last year. Like I, I spent a lot of time, you know, suffering through a diet to only just destroy it. All the work I'd put in later. Yeah. So it's kind of miserable. It'd be better if I just did it. But I was thinking to myself, sorry, my voice, guys, is like super not fun today. Um, but no, it it's like it sultry. Is. It's like it's uh, okay. It's like you got a cold. It's a sexy cold voice. That's sexy cold voice. Okay. So anyway, here we are. It's the thirty first. Yeah, fitness New Year's resolutions are the thing. Uh, but what I was getting at is like to tie it into business is like we we do this so that we have options, so that we have freedoms, so we 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 can live the way we want, spend our time the way we want, do the things we want to do. Mm-hmm. And I heard this quote the other day about like a healthy man has all these goals, all these wishes for his life. And a sick man has one wish, which is to be healthy. And so I just think like that's was not going down this route, but then I like <laughs> joked about it and I started thinking about it and it was like, you know, Maybe it's just because I got another kid coming, but I'm like, okay, I got the, you know, I got these kids. I need to be healthy for them instead of, you know, being out of shape and not feeling good. And uh, there's no point in having this kind of business and creating this kind of life for yourself if you can't enjoy it. So maybe that's, that's my, my pep talk to myself to stop (laughs) being a fat ass. That's like eating every single thing under the sun. You you took this this in such a different different direction than I thought you were going to. I thought we were going to talk about like email marketing and like, <laughs> like I don't we know were. I thought we were going to talk about. We were. And I was stuff. like joking about like, this isn't about getting in shape. And then I was like, man, I need to get in shape. <laughs> so yeah, you hit us with a deep quote, a very deep quote about how that getting in shape is the only thing you should care about. So I guess <laughs> it's not the only thing you should care about, but I, just, <laughs> I do think it's an important one. So, and it's one it that is. I've, it is. <clears throat> You and I like and kind of made this commitment to get in shape and then Coral did really good with it and we did so so. Well, I did yeah. nothing. Like I, I actually I tried. I've I've gone back and forth. I just haven't I've made zero progress. But I yeah, it's it's, it's you made same, progress. Like, I made progress. I lost about twenty pounds and then I just stopped. Like I just I've sat at the same weight for like seven months. And I don't know why. It's like one of those weird things where I'm like, it's so easy to lose weight. Like the, the, okay. <laughs> relatively easy like you just eat less food it sounds easy but man it's freaking hard right you right. know like yeah. the the process should be very simple you just eat less food but i'm just like man it's I just it's don't simple do that. it's not easy i don't want to be hungry like 
all that yeah. kind of stuff. So yeah, I've said it the same way, but I've already made my, my thing is I'm going to lose 10 more pounds and make some more money in 2020. Nice. Trying and to bring it back. Chop your finger off. Yeah. I really did almost chop my finger off the other day. You know what? I, no, we don't need to get into that. It's really gross, but I got a really sharp knife for Christmas and then I immediately cut like a chunk of my finger off. So mm, don't do that in juicy. 2020 either. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So five ways to crush it in 2020. What's number one, Bobby? Number one, grow your email list and then email them. Yeah. Mm. And this is that's key. Like, it, it really like, is. You got to email them. You know, it's like in the, uh, I remember when I first started blogging, like there's, it's like every year it flip flops. Every, every year people are like, oh, email is important this year. And then like the next year it's like, oh, email's dead. And I think email isn't dead at all. Like it hasn't, I don't think it, if anything, I feel like email is, I don't have the numbers to support this, but I feel like it's still the most powerful or one of the most powerful ways to reach people and sell stuff. We sell the majority, like the majority of our revenue comes from emails. So if you, if you are not in the physical product business, if you were selling an info product, a service, coaching, anything of that nature, email is still the easiest way to reach your audience develop a relationship and get them to buy from you hands down yeah it is yeah everybody here that listens to this podcast needs to go if, if you haven't done it yet because we've had him on the podcast he's been like talked about a million times he's our own copywriter uh chris over at the email copywriter.com mm-hmm. he actually does this really cool thing if you if you go is it it might be in his eca group i can't remember if he does this in his eca group but he picks like uh he handpicks the best emails um, from like e-com companies or just physical product. Oh, he just does that on his list. Yeah. Yeah. Just so just join his, his email list. list. Yeah. And I love it because he'll, he'll pick these products for companies that you would think like, you know, there's no way they send good emails out to people or that they're doing sales through emails, like just these random companies and they send incredible emails and it's like big brands are, are still right. using email, uh, in a really effective way to, to story tell and build a connection with their brand and then sell stuff. Like he did one with a spice company the other day. I can't mm-hmm. remember which one it was, but it was like a really, like he broke down the email. It was really, really good. And I think like people probably feel like internet marketers are the only people that can use email, but there's so much, I mean, there's so many great right. companies that use awesome emails to connect and, and sell their products. And, and that's the thing. Like a lot of people think that email is annoying if they don't send good emails, but if you can send great emails, then you can create a connection with any customer, with any brand. And that's the thing. Like, in, in my world, the personal finance blogging world, a lot of people struggle with creating like a personal connection because they're, they're doing all organic search, you know, and they're just bringing people in to convert on products. But if you can get people on the email list, like you can create emotional connection with them and, and sell higher ticket things. You can sell courses. Like it just right. makes it easier to sell different products. So if you don't have well, an email list, I, I highly suggest it. Start writing emails. Well, and it's interesting too. <clears throat> I don't remember where I was reading this the other day, but about how even these big brands the ones that are really, really crushing it are using stories in their email and they're, they're telling the stories behind their products and the stories of their clients and, you know, all these different things because people don't like to just be bombarded with coupons even, you know, like that's, I, I'm, my email does not have this, but I know like, I like start to have a panic attack every night watching my wife just like clear her inbox on her phone because there's so many emails. That's because she gets coupons <laughs> from every place on the planet. And there are people like her that do that. But then most people are probably like more like me where 
when I get, I might get a coupon from a store. Like I have a place and they send something and I want to get that. Right. Like I got, well, you got, you always pick up me. I got all this A&M stuff. You know, if like the store says, Hey, it's like 50% off A&M stuff. I'm going to go buy a bunch of junk. Right. <laughs> but if they keep sending me a coupon three times a week, I'm going to unsubscribe from that list. Right. Cause they're just right. annoying me, you know? Yeah. And, and that's how most people handle email marketing. And then the other thing that happens is people, especially you talk about like people that have all this organic traffic and they don't know how to build a relationship. Those same people are too scared to email that list. Their list growing into thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands in some cases right. that we know. And they're afraid to email their list. They don't want people to unsubscribe or whatever. But you know, my thing is people are going to unsubscribe. Like that's part of it. But my yeah. thing is like, yeah. if, if you, why are you afraid to lose people on the list if you're not using them anyway. Because what they don't realize is that every day that they don't email those people, they're losing people. Yeah. And the next time that they email, people are gonna be like, who the heck is this? And they're gonna unsubscribe. So it's, it is very much a use it or lose it kind of thing. And you need to use it. And it doesn't have to be difficult, right? Like you mentioned, there's, it's so, it feels so difficult to create a personal connection, but it's really not because- right. The, the bigger and more expansive the internet's gotten, the less personal connection people have. And so they're seeking personal connection. That's why they join Facebook groups. That's why they follow blogs, right? Like people follow people because they're looking for somebody to guide them, to provide a solution for them. They're looking for people that are interested in the same things that they are, you know? Like yeah. I, a really good example of this, I'm not an active forum person, you know, like I don't go and like post on forums and that kind of thing, but I read sports forums all the dang time. Right. Especially like growing up, you know, my, my family's from Pittsburgh. I grew up a Steelers fan and I freaking live in Dallas, right? Like there's not people around me that I can talk football with without us being like all nasty at each other, you know? So <laughs> I go and I read forums so I can read other people that like the same thing that I like you know, um, and people are looking for that in all kinds of different ways on the internet. And yeah, so if you're a content creator, if you have a list of any kind, a business of any kind, people are looking for that. And so if you just talk to them, they're going to grasp onto it and it doesn't have to be fancy, right? Like how many times, like you, the other day, like we always talk about having calls to action. You just wrote an email the other day, just like, Hey, here's some stuff about life, you mm -hmm. know, and it was super impactful. Right. And like, we even yeah. had people that were like coming into our group. They're like, go read Bobby's email, you know? So, right. yeah. so just, you just kind of do it, just put it out there, write the way you talk, talk about something that happened in your life, something happened in your business. Like just tell a story. That's, that's it. That's all. It doesn't have to be difficult and it doesn't have to be fantastic. You'll get better with time. Yeah. Well, and you know, not to scare people, but to scare people, <laughs> um, there, there's a lot of chatter out there right now, like about AI and specifically, uh, like if you're somebody that relies on Google search um, exclusively and you have like writers and things like that, there is a, there is this growing movement of people that do really well on the internet that feel that AI is going to basically kind of like take over um, the business model of like creating content on a blog, having, you know, either you writing it or a freelance writer writing it because Google will start just having their own articles created with AI. Just aggregating everything. Yeah. yeah and, and put it at the, at the top search result. Right. Like there's a good chance that that could happen someday um, because they're a company. They want to get the most, you know, there's, there's no reason why they wouldn't do that. I think. So in that thought process of like, okay, AI might take over 
content and like these, you know, AI might start creating better content than a freelance writer can. The thing that's going to win is personal brands because that's going to become more scarce. You know, it's like, I think people are going to crave that more and more and more. So your email list, it just gives you an opportunity to create that personal connection. And one of the things I was talking to somebody about, even if like a big company, like if you think about it, if the, like Starbucks, you might not think that Starbucks emails would be very good, but what if like the CEO of Starbucks wrote an email from his desk every week? just talking about the company things they're doing. I would like, I would read the hell out of that. I would be really interested in that because I think it's one of those things where you get like a peek behind the curtain that you normally wouldn't. And and it's not just this nameless, like faceless company. If if they were, if CEOs were doing that, I think it'd be really fascinating. And so, you know, if you're a solopreneur, it's the same thing, you know, it's like, how Mm -hmm. interesting would it be for you to just peel back the curtain? And so I think people, you know, that's another part of it. I think just creating kind of the personal brand, um, moving forward, or at least having a personal element to your brand, even if it's not totally a personal brand, is going to give you a competitive advantage moving forward. Um, assuming yep. that things go kind of the the more automated route, which they probably will, you know, as as time keeps going. So something to think well, about. Well, and even if they don't go the way of automation like that, it's still important because personal yeah. brands win, right? Yeah. Or branded brands win, right? Like your brand needs to have some sort of personality, you know? I mean, that's like even... Millennial Money Man is very much Bobby Hoyt, right? You know, Laptop Empires, it's us right now. But even if we decide to take a step back, we could bring that bear in and just have a stupid bear personality. You know I mean? Like you want to have some sort of personality. And I think that really ties into grow your audience, which is our next thing, right? You need to be growing an audience yesterday. It's so important. It's so important. And and that really ties in with what we've been talking about, like personality, like having a personality and, and you know, newsflash, if you're listening to this, you have a personality, like you're a person, you know, you're unique, you know, and uh, you don't have to be, you don't have to do anything fancy. You just got to be you and you got to show up, you know, a really good example of this, like growing your audience, just based on your personality is Dan Meredith and his Mm -hmm. coffee with Dan community, where he just created a community online to help him be more productive and drink less. Like that was literally why he started it. And he's built this whole entire brand around his personality, you know, and I saw like over Christmas, everybody, you know, there's like all this 12 days of Christmas stuff or no, or like advent calendars. Instead he did like 24 days of straight, like he would not, he didn't post any useful content. He only posted straight up ridiculous raunchy memes on Instagram and Facebook. (laughs) And And it was really funny, but like, you know, it, like it, I hadn't been paying attention to him for a while that like got my attention because I couldn't help but laugh. And now I'm in his, he's in my newsfeed again, you know? Right. And so it was actually kind of smart, but you know, the point is like, this is a guy who basically talks about like, I'm ridiculous. I can't believe people listen to me. And then he just, but he posts valuable stuff mixed in with ridiculous stuff. That's his personality. And so whatever your personality is, you just need to get it out there and you need to create content because that's how you grow an audience. And it doesn't really matter where you do it or how you do it because there's so many ways to do it, but you got to get out there and start doing it. You know, and that's a big thing. Like we are seeing the blog, the blog is, has been around for a year and a half now, but it's really only in the last six months that we really started focusing on growing the blog, you mm-hmm. know, but like the blog and the YouTube channel, you know, the podcast too, but more so the blog and the YouTube channel are growing, you know, like we're starting to see some real traction, monetization, increased traffic like crazy. And that's because we started putting the effort into it. You don't have to, like, it takes time, right? There, There's a bit of a long-term element there, but like you got to start doing it, right? We knew that from day one with Laptop Empires 
if I had to like name like a single biggest regret that I made with my business with Red Dirt is that I was not producing content, right? Yeah. Like I, I built, you know, I was able to build an entire business around referral basically, which is great. But man, if I would have started a YouTube channel four years ago around right. even Facebook ad content, you know, how much of an impact even would that have on laptop empires right now? You know, if I yeah. would have been able to bring that to the table. So, you know, that's a huge regret. And so I think for those of you that are here, you're going into 2020, you're wanting to start that blog, you're wanting to start that YouTube channel, do it, do it. Like yeah. start today with no expectation. It's not going to pay off this year, but damn in 2021, you're going to be so grateful. Yeah. That's the hard part about content. And, uh, it's, it's interesting because I'm watching my wife go through this too, with like her own YouTube channel. She started that thing. I mean, she's not, it might be a year. She might be coming up on a year, but it was a long time of her just like cranking out content and not really seeing anything from it, you know, and just like put it, you know, stuff gets like mm -hmm. 20 views or 15 views or whatever. Right. But then like over time, it's just weird how, if you just watch like the view, like the view count, like over time, it's like, now it's growing exponentially a year in, right. but she had to go a whole, like a whole year of like just slogging through the, the content creation process. And, not well, and she had to find her voice and she had to find what she yeah. wanted to talk about. You know, like even you look at the content has changed. Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. She, she started doing reviews. Like she, she saw that the reviews that she was doing, like started taking off again, like 20,000, 30,000, 40,000 views but it's just that process. Like, and so, you know, whether you're going to start a blog or a YouTube channel and like you're starting from scratch, you gotta, you gotta recognize that that's going to take a lot of time. And if you already have an established business and you're just trying to create an audience, you gotta realize that that's going to take a lot of time too. It just takes time. But then, yeah, if you look back on it, it just grows exponentially. And it's the same thing. Like with millennial money, man, I didn't focus on Google traffic really at all, but you know, this year, you know, me and the team, everybody put a lot of time into like, let's get more search traffic. And it's increased exponentially, but it took a long time for that to happen, you know? And so right. it's just one of those things that you just, like you said, you got to get started now because if you don't, you'll always be kicking yourself. Cause I do the same thing. I kick myself and go, man, how, how big could millennial money, money man be if I had started going after search traffic, you know, five years ago when I started it, like it would right. be a massive site by now, but I didn't. So it is what it is, right. but yeah, get started now. So, and here's the deal. Yeah. Well, it'd be a massive site. Like your, I think a lot of people would consider your site massive. You just compare, <laughs> you're comparing well, my perspective to, to yeah. a lot of your friends. Yeah. My, per perspective. my perspective is jacked on that, but yeah. Yeah. But what, well, you know, but this is the thing, like when you're growing, your perspective always change, like your subconscious changes. When you have not made a thousand dollars online, it seems like a lot of money. Yeah. And then you make a thousand dollars online and you want 10 K. And then, you know, so like the first, the first time you make a hundred thousand dollars online, it seems like a ton of money until it's not right. Then it's just regular. Right. And yeah. then it's the next thing. And this keeps happening and happening because we just keep upgrading our subconscious and moving the goalposts. Like, so you're, you know, it's all relative. Yeah. Here's the thing though. When you're doing your content, personality is really important, but entrepreneurship can really be boiled down to making money by providing solutions right? It's all about providing a solution to a problem. And so you need to know what the problem is that you're providing the solution for, because that's the thing that you're talking about, right? So here, Laptop Empires, it's about building a business, how to make money online, how to make money from your house, right? That is the, so we're providing a solution. You know, our course is a solution, but we also talk about a lot of other things. And yeah. so your content 
needs to provide a solution for something. And the more specific it can be, the more singular of a topic it can be, the better. But then there needs to be personality because just because you provide a solution, there's a thousand people providing a solution. You need to provide a solution in a unique way. Luckily, you can provide a solution in a unique way by just being you because you are a unique individual. Like it doesn't have to be super fancy. And that's why like if you look at content, you can probably read a piece of content. Like it's a little different with a podcast. Obviously, you know which one of us is talking. But if you were to read a piece of content, you can probably tell. Read an email. You're going to know whether it's me or Bobby, right? Right. You know, yeah. Bobby's emails are funny. Mine, not so much, <laughs> right? <laughs> like that's, <laughs> it's pretty easy to tell, you know? But if I try to write funny the way Bobby does, like it, it's not, that's not me, you know? So you right. just, you gotta, you gotta do you and, and people like all of it, right? So just, you do you. You got any other notes on growing an audience? No, no. Let's talk about number three. So number three, you need to sell something, right? Like that's the whole point make some money. So you need to sell something. And here's the deal. You can sell just about anything, right? Like I've been really surprised when I, I I always, one of my favorite things to do when I look at content creators, I find a new YouTube channel or I find a new blog. I don't actually read or watch their content (laughs) that much. I don't get sucked into that. Like, but I go and I try and see like, what are their lead magnets? What are they selling? Like, that's what I really get interested in. And so I remember a while back looking at a YouTube channel and I went to this lady's website and she had all these like low dollar things and they were things like guide to creating a super productive to-do list or something nine (laughs) dollars i'm like okay that's interesting you know and so the point being that like there's anything that you know how to do that you not just anything you know how to do but just like i used to struggle with this thing and then i figured it out you can sell that right yeah because it's a problem that you had that somebody else has that you figured out that they're trying to figure out and you have a story to go with it, right? I had this problem. I tried all these things. None of them worked. Then I tried this thing and it worked because of this thing. And now I'm teaching it to you and somebody that's going to attract people. So you need something to sell. And I'm just pointing that out because it doesn't have to be difficult. It might be a very simple info product early on, you know, where it's just like you create a little PDF and it's low dollar, but you want to create something. Or it could just be, I know how to do something and you're selling the consulting or the coaching or whatever it may be, but start selling something. Don't be afraid. Learn how to sell. Start learning how to sell, right? And don't be scared to sell. Like, I think that's the next thing is people are like, ugh, sales are nasty. No, (laughs) if you, I hate that, right? This could be its own podcast. We talked about like entrepreneurship is about providing solutions. Your goal is to, help as many people solve that problem as possible. And the way you do that is by selling, right? Selling is you helping someone. That's what it is. And so if you have a bad feeling about selling, then you're doing it wrong. (laughs) Right. That's really, yeah, it's really all it is. Yeah. I remember like I said something about when I did that panel discussion at FinCon, um, what was it? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like if you, if you have, a crappy product, then you, yeah. you know, you should feel bad selling that. But if you have a good product, then you should never feel bad selling it. And I think right. that that, like a lot of people, you know, sales are only dirty if you're, if you're doing something shady, <laughs> like, right. you know, but if you have something that can help people, definitely. And I think, you know, going back to just, if you have an idea, cause I think there's a lot of people listening right now that probably have some idea for something they want to sell. Um, but they just haven't done it. But like, if you start to think about what the opportunity cost of not selling that is, it's, 
it can be a lot of money that you're missing out on. Like we came up with the Facebook side hustle course and we didn't think that was going to be what it was, but that turned into a seven figure thing, you know, like, and that was something we came up with and created in six weeks. So, you know, if you're sitting on some idea and you're like, I don't know if it's a good enough idea. I don't know if I should do that. You know, I think you should probably just put it out there with the caveat of if you already have a lot of products and you already have a lot of things you're selling, adding that one extra thing is, is probably not going to help. You should probably focus on the things that are already doing well, which is what we did in 2019. We, we had all these different little products and we had multiple courses and we went, okay, Facebook side hustle is our best seller. Uh, we do the highest volume. Like it's got the most potential. Let's just focus on that. And we did that and we saw our revenue increase by, I don't know, 20, 30, 40%. I don't know what the numbers are, but year over year, it was a big increase because we focused on that one thing. So, you know, create the thing, go sell stuff, unless you already have a bunch of stuff and then just focus on selling one of those things. Um, but the, yeah, that's, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think just the last, <laughs> the last comment that I would make when it comes to selling things is that it is easier to sell something expensive than to sell something cheap. Mm, yeah. And that might, that might seem counterproductive or, or, or unlikely or whatever the word is. Um, but it's true. So if you're, you know, I see this a lot cause I work with a lot of coaches and consultants. And when I am in that space, I see a lot of people that want to do these like low end membership sites and I get it. Recurring revenue is awesome. You know, and I've got clients that are doing over $30,000 a month selling $30 subscriptions, but that is so much harder to build. You yeah. wouldn't think it, but it is so much harder to build. It is easier to get somebody to hand you thousands of dollars, right? Than it is to get somebody to hand or, you know, get multiple people to hand you 30 bucks. It really is. Um, And you have to, and it's hard. It's not only harder to sell, but you got to create more stuff because when you're selling at that level, it needs to be one to many. It needs to be, you know, something that's created and then everyone can access like a membership site. Whereas with higher ticket stuff, it can be easier. Somebody can hire and you can just talk to them, right? You know, coaching can be one-to-one. And so my recommendation is when you're selling things, like if you can create like a small info product, like I mentioned at the very beginning, like a little PDF or something, go for it, right? But if you have some sort of something where you can provide immense value through like coaching, consulting or whatever, sell that high ticket thing, right? Because if you, you know, just get people to pay you a lot of money to work with you individually, because you're going to be able to build your income a lot faster, which is then going to help you build your audience a lot faster. Those people are going to refer more. You're going to be in a really comfortable base earnings, right? And then you can go and create that next thing, that lower ticket offer kind of thing. So that that would be my last piece of advice there. Yeah. Number four, I'm going to talk about this one because I like this one. Yeah. Uh, get, when we originally talked about it, I said, get an accountant, but what, what it really should be is like, get your taxes together and get your finances together. Um, there are a lot of business owners that put their head in the sand. Um, they don't, I can't like, it's, it's been kind of crazy to me how many people I've talked to that have established businesses that don't have an overall uh, tax strategy, like just have no idea how their taxes work. Um, they don't have a legal structure set up from their business. I know people that are doing like a lot of money uh, every year and they're just running their entire business on PayPal and they don't have an accounting system. They have nothing. And it's crazy because what happens when you, when you do that, um, you think it's easier and that you're just keeping it simple and all that kind of stuff, but you're, you're missing out on a lot of tax savings most likely um, because the, the structure of your business, <laughs> tens like of thousands. My, 
Yeah. Like my business is structured as an S corp or I'm sorry, it's an LLC with an S corp designation. But because of that, I can pay myself a salary and then I can only, you know, I can basically get it to where I only pay a portion of taxes on the salary versus paying it on all of my profits. Um, Mm -hmm. So like, you know, I don't want to get too deep into like tax stuff, but over the course of a career, let's say you're, you're paying social security and Medicare taxes on everything you make versus the salary that you pay yourself, which is a, a portion of that you are paying thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in taxes that you didn't need to pay. Right. So it's just stuff like that. Let me give some, a little more clarity on that just because I think now people are going to be like, what, like, what is this? You know? Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to go too deep into it, but it, it can yeah. be, I can explain it really simply when you work for a company, right? Like my wife works for Coca-Cola. She gets paid a salary and they withhold taxes. They withhold 15% taxes. So she's paying what, well, you know, rough, I'm going to use 15% as the number. So she's paying like 15% on her salary as taxes. Well, Coca-Cola is paying another 15%, right? She's paying the employee portion of the taxes. They're paying the employer portion of the taxes. When you are self-employed, you pay both the employee and the employer taxes. So you're paying 30%. When you do, like Bobby mentioned, an LLC with an S-corp, you're paying yourself a salary and it allows you to have a portion of what you earn that you pay both, all 30%. And then the other portion, you pay 15%. All right. And so as you can see, it ends up being a huge, huge tax savings when you structure it like that. And there's a lot of other things too, because there's a lot of things about deductions. And I mean, there's, there's all kinds of things to it, but yeah, like having a tax plan is super important. And I think the other part that's important is just like, you need to know your numbers. Yeah. You don't know if you're profitable or not, if you don't know your numbers, right? And, and it's very, you know, it's very bad. <laughs> it can be very bad if like, you're just looking at your bank account and I'm bringing in this much money and then your expenses start to build up and build up and build up. And even tracking numbers, every time I actually like really look at them, I'm always a little bit surprised. Like, like, oh, wow, like I'd be more expensive than I thought, you know, like (laughs) even when you know you're keeping track of that stuff. And, but the last thing that you want to be doing is either you're making money all year round and then you don't have the money at the end of the year because you spent it. You don't have the money to pay your taxes or you're making money all year round. You're overhead rises to a point where you're not making as much money as you thought you were. Right. Right. And this really starts to happen as people like start to build a team and stuff where it's like, okay, you're working more, right. Or you're doing more things. Like you're putting in more work to make less because you weren't keeping track of your numbers. You got to know your numbers. Yeah. So my, like to boil it down, what I would do if you're somebody that like listened to the tax stuff we just talked about and went like, Holy crap, I don't want to talk about that. Just go to an accountant and you can pay them a one-time fee to set up your books, right? Like set up your accounting software. They can even put all the different categorizations in for you and teach you how to use it. And then they'll, they'll teach you, they'll tell you what you need for a business structure and they can even set it up for you. Most of them can, right? Mm -hmm. And that might cost, let's say $1,500. And I know that's a big number, but the amount of money you're going to save over the course of your career in taxes and just finding things in your, in your books. Like I go through my books once a month. Um, and I've, you know, it's very common that I find some kind of stupid subscription that I signed up for, where it was like some tool that I thought I was going to use three months ago. And I've been paying $50 a month for it for the last three months. And I didn't use it. Like you find stuff like that all the time. If you look through your books and so just cutting off those kind of things and, and cutting, like seeing your numbers and all of that, 
like paying a one-time fee to have an accountant set that up for you is magical. Um, yep. And then if, you know, if you're doing well in your business, you should have an accountant doing your taxes every year, I think. So yeah, there's that. And then on the personal side, the personal finance blogger is going to come out and you, but you need to keep track of that too. Cause the whole point of running a business and owning a business and growing a business is so you can have more money on the personal side. And the one thing, if you don't like, if you don't do this, you should be doing it. Sit down once a month, download a program like mint it's free and it, it categorizes all of your transactions and just go through your transactions. Just sit there and look at them and you'll find that you're spending money on a lot of dumb crap that you don't need to. And you can just cut those out. And that grows, you know, like the amount, the amount uh, that you're going to save, if you start investing that or putting it back into your business or whatever, it's going to grow exponentially and you're, you're going to be way wealthier that way. So my wife and I do a money date. Uh, we set like a day every month where we sit down and we just, go through the money together and <laughs> we go, okay, what did we spend money on? And it's not like this big negative thing. Where we're like beating ourselves like, Oh, we bought too much wine. Um, it's just like, Hey, here's the status of everything. So we go through our personal stuff. Um, we look through mint was what we use. We go through everything. We look at the business accounts. We look at personal capital, which is like what we track our net worth on. And that's it. Like we just go through those things and we do it once a month. We'll sit down with a glass of wine. We'll go through all the money and then it's, we don't ever have to worry about money because we sit there, we know exactly we're on the same page. We know exactly what's going on and it's awesome. So do that. If you're not doing that, get an accountant and start going through your money once a month. Um, and you're going to be a much wealthier person. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Be a big kid. Yeah, it's true. Yep. Cool. Okay. <laughs> All right. So number five is, uh, you know, focus on stuff that actually matters, right? <laughs> like <laughs> you gotta, you, you, when you're working, you need to prioritize stuff that moves the needle, right? There's that 80-20 principle, right? There's 20% of the stuff you do that has 80% of the results. The way that most of us attack our to-do list is we write down all the things we need to do and then we start picking off the slow things in the herd, right? We pick off the weaklings, the easy tasks. And that might be great if you're a lion, but if you're a human and you have a paper to-do list, Attacking the weaklings first doesn't feed you. It doesn't. You need to go attack the big honkers, the ones with some meat on the bones, right? Yeah. And that's hard. And that's really one of the most, the, the biggest ways that entrepreneurs procrastinate is they do a lot of piddly crap that doesn't do jack <laughs> instead of doing the things that are actually important. And, and we all, like, I do this, right? Like, I just, there's some big thing I got to do. And I don't want to do it. So I do a bunch of other stuff, you know, it's amazing how much I love cleaning my office when there's something I don't want to do. Oh man, it's a mess in here. I'm going to clean, you know, like, and that's a sure sign that there's something else I should be doing. So right. <laughs> you got to focus on the important stuff. Yeah. I've actually, I'm totally guilty of, uh, <laughs> I don't do it as much anymore, but I've done it before where I have my to-do list and I'm not getting anything done. So I'll think of something else to do that I did. Like, I'll be like, oh, you know what? I did do that. I'll put it on the list and cross it off to make myself feel better. Like I got more wow. done that day. Yeah, I've done that before. Especially on days where I'm just like super non-motivated to work. I'm just like, man, I gotta, I gotta get something moving. But it's true. I mean, you just, is a, it doesn't matter. Like whatever successful entrepreneur you can think of, they're all like procrastinators probably. You know, nobody's a machine. And I, so one thing I hate, well, I don't, there's a lot of things I, I don't like about like Instagram because a lot of people just share bullshit on Instagram, but a lot of like the business people, business coach people and, and uh, entrepreneurs, like they only share their wins and they only share the things that are like really good in their business. And they don't share right. all the stuff that like totally sucks or that they didn't get anything done that day or 
or whatever. Like I wish more people shared more of the real stuff. And we actually did a whole podcast episode, I think on procrastination. I don't remember which number it was, but it's one of, one of the recent ones, but you know, it's just one of those things everybody deals with. So get stuff, get stuff done. That's hard. Yeah. (laughs) And, and the key here is like, you have to actively think about this. Right. And I think that there's this idea that I'm going to sit down in the morning and I'm going to write down my list um, or I'm going to have a whole list of things I'm going to start doing and then I'm going to go after it. And what you really need to do is you need to, you need to prioritize and that takes thinking. It takes actively sitting down and going, what is the most important thing to do here? And it's hard. Like I have a hard time doing this. I tried, if, if I could, you know, wave a magic wand and change one thing in my business, it would be that every night I would sit down and go, okay, here's the two most important things I have to get done tomorrow. Right. And sometimes I do that and sometimes I don't. And magically the days that I just freaking crush it are the days that I do that the day before. And the reason it's important in my mind to do it the day before is because when you're coming up on the end of your day, whether it's the end of your work day, you know, whatever time that is sometime in the afternoon, evening, or it's at night, you have the clarity of an entire day of here's what I really need to focus on. Once you go to bed, your brain like turns stupid and you wake up the next morning and you allow all kinds of external factors to influence you and you either start fighting other people's fires because they're emailing you or sending you messages and you feel an obligation to do that or you had a dream about something and decided to work on that or you just are emotional or you forget, right? Like that happens to me all the time. I'll like, totally forgotten what I was supposed to do. So you need to figure it out when you don't have people vying for your time and attention. And when you have the clarity of going through a full work day and remembering everything that you need to do. So like you, you're by the end of the day, you know, exactly here's what I accomplished today. Here's what needs to happen tomorrow. Write it down. Right. And you know, this happens like this is for me, we're coming off the holiday you know, it's New Year's Eve and we're recording this. And yesterday, half of my day yesterday was just me walking around the house, just remembering stuff like, oh, I need to do that <laughs> thing. You know, like I, I felt like I was trying to figure out what to do. I was doing some stuff, but really it would be like, it'd be like helping a kid with something. And then I'd be like, oh man, I forgot about this. I got to go do this, you know? And I was just like making a big list of things and then trying to sort through it and prioritize it. Like, so, so important. So as an actionable thing, eat the frog, right? It's a, it's a book. It's a concept. Mm-hmm. Like you got to find what is the big thing. Focus on that. If you're not sure what that is, it's usually the thing, you know, it's important that you don't want to do right. Resistance is the way another book, <laughs> right? Like <laughs> if you're feeling resistance towards something and you're willing to do other things instead of it, there's a good sign that that's the most important thing for you to do. Yeah. I'm going to add a bonus, quick bonus. Um, it's one of the things that, that I think about a lot in 2020. Don't be so hard on yourself. I think a lot of people, cause we just talked about five things where it's like, if you aren't doing this, like you're screwing this up. And I, and I feel like that is very much needed in business. Like a lot of times people need like the hard, the tough love in business. Um, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like it's really easy to get down on yourself throughout the year and like, Oh, I haven't done enough. My business isn't big enough. I'm not doing enough revenue, whatever. I would, I would just say one of the things that I've tried to do lately and it's helped me a lot is just trying to recognize like what I have done, what I've done that's really good. And just like, 
appreciate that. Right. And if, if you take some time, cause you, we all can be like our own biggest critics. We can say like, we say some horrible stuff to ourselves in our brains um, about what we've done and how, what we've accomplished or not accomplished and all that stuff. So just take some time, you know, throughout the year, if you can, to just recognize like how far you've come, what you've done, that's good. And you'll be a lot happier running a business rather than just right. always beating yourself up and be like, man, I suck at this. Cause the reality is this is hard. And if you're making any money in your business, that's a huge win. Cause a lot of people never take the leap into entrepreneurship. They never take the leap into trying to do something on their own. So you should feel good about what you're doing. Well, and there's people that, that take that leap and then never take enough action to get anywhere yeah. either. Like yeah. you're in a, you're in rarefied air if you're taking action in this business world. Yeah. So no, I think that's great. So I don't really have anything else. I don't even. I mean, I could, talk, I could talk for another half hour on your bonus, <laughs> but you know, yeah. I, we don't, we don't really need to, but yeah, definitely just every day is a new day. It's a blank slate. You're starting over. Don't, don't waste time thinking about the stuff that you didn't do. Just fix it. Yep. So yep. cool. All right. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe if you haven't already. And uh, we will see you next episode. And actually this one's in 2020. We're not recording it in 2020, but you're watching 2020. <laughs> so we'll see you in episode two in 2020. Adios. You've been listening to the Laptop Empires podcast with Mike Yonda and Bobby Hoyt. For more information and the resources mentioned in this episode, go to laptopempires.com forward slash podcast. <laughs>